Hi, uh, I'm Greg and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Greg. Greg. And it's, I'm grateful, it's a privilege to be here tonight um, in meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's a privilege to be sober also. <clears throat> My alcoholism, oh, I wanted to, you know, welcome our newcomers and the chip people and the birthday people, Tim, welcome. That's great, that's great. And uh, I, as I said, it's really wonderful to be here tonight. And uh, speaking is kind of terrifying for me. Uh, I'd never quite gotten used to it. And I'd rather face like a 10 year old with a switchblade than, than speak, but you know, you've got to give it away to keep it, they say. Um, so, so here I am and uh, my drinking started right after college. Um, I had gone into a, a depression slightly um, be, became prevalent in my life. And uh, once I started drinking, um, it almost immediately just became a disaster. It was like, it's something I couldn't handle. I went crazy with it. Um, after a few months, I was in the blackout every night. I did terrible stuff. I made enemies. Um, I lost friends. Um, I was going to jail. It was just this nightmare in my life. and I didn't know how to get out of it. And uh, finally, I um, got thrown into uh, a quick uh, shake and bake um, program for a while. And I was there about a week. And um, they asked me to go. And I said, okay, I'm glad to do that. And uh, I didn't take another drink. But, you know, I thought that um, uh, drugs were medication, you know, and that calmed my nerves and stuff. So... Um, I was truly afraid to drink alcohol again. And uh, so I started uh, a career on narcotics. And uh, with narcotics, I wouldn't go as crazy as I would with alcohol. And I could keep it together kind of for a while. But what it did was it just made me isolate myself. Um, I became antisocial. I just wanted to be somewhere in a house and left alone and taking drugs. So, you know, getting high, it really wasn't much that for me. It would just blunt the way I felt and I didn't feel happy. And so it was like taking drugs and drinking um, was a very, um, it was trying to combat me not feeling good any day of my life. You know what I mean? It, uh, I was prone to depression. Um, I wasn't happy with the things. The things were, and um, so that was the reason that I took drugs, and it went on and on. Um, very uh, horrible stuff happened, and I was like living in garages, and um, I'd hang out in the ghettos and slums. You know, that's just where I felt comfortable. And um, finally, there just came a day. I, I think I had slipped and had a drink a, a few times until this date and I just woke up one day and I said I can't do this one more day you know I can't do this one more day I, I I'll just I'll do what anybody tells me to do to stop living like this you know and I became willing at that time this was back in uh, 1989 and uh, you know at that time I was able to stop using drugs 
drugs and and uh, and and drinking, and so um, I followed the program, you know, loosely. You know, I had a sponsor, but he was the kind of guy he'd call once a week, you know, and uh, set meetings every um, week, and uh, you know, I would go to as many as possible, like almost every day, and I did that for years and years. And um, as far as being involved in the program, it's like talking like I am now. Uh, man, if you want to come up and ask me something after a meeting, you know, you're welcome to. But as far as me standing up here, I do not like to do this. This puts me out of my comfort zone. And so in sobriety, uh, even half-assed, it was more than half-assed. You know, I live by the golden rule. But um, I thought, geez, I don't, uh, I, I'd see friends and other members, they would be starting families, they would be getting new jobs. Um, and um, I said, I didn't want to do any of that. You know, I wanted only the search for entertainment or excitement. And so that's kind of what I did. And uh, so, you know, I would embed myself in slums and in like um, Tent City in Los Angeles or in Tijuana in Mexico. It was places like that that I, I longed, you know, to, to relive it. Um, and I also like to travel. You know, I went to, uh, I've been to Asia like three times and uh, South America and, and Mexico, all over Mexico. And um, I became an artist. And what I like to paint were drunks, junkies, and gang members, prostitutes. You know, that was my, my uh, subject matter. And uh, trying to make a career out of that, you know, at the Laguna Beach Art Festival, you can imagine how that went over. But it's just like, you know, scenes of lighthouses and boat sailing. And shit. <laughs> so, you know, they just, they kept me there because they thought, well, he, at least he's a real artist. You know, he's not trying to be just commercial and sell the stuff each year. And I didn't make much money, but I picked up a small clientele. So you know, I was going on and on, and uh, I made enough money along with selling pot that I was growing in my backyard, which I shouldn't have been doing, and I knew it. I was selling that to people that it could have been ruining their lives, you know, and I felt bad about it, but I still did it because it was so much extra money. And I regret it. And I think... Uh, that was one of the reasons I got drunk. And so 22 years went by and uh, all of a sudden I had a chemical change and uh, my chemistry was off and the antidepressants weren't working anymore. And so um, I would, you know, I went to psychiatrists, and, you know, you've got to do something. I'm feeling bad all the time. The, the stuff that you've been giving me isn't working anymore. You know, it's just like, Every day is so hard to get through and I feel suicidal. We tried a whole bunch of different drugs and they didn't work. And so I thought, uh, my last resort is I'll either blow my brains out or I'll take something to numb my feelings. And so I started taking these screwy drugs. I mean, I, I would get loaded on heroin and stuff once in a while. <coughs> Basically with, with odd stuff like Ativan, you know, these tranquilizers and and uh, tramadol, I mean, they didn't really do that much. You had to take a lot of them and, 
and certainly didn't feel all that happy to be living or anything else. And I thought I was just going to fade away. And instead, I got thrown into a nut house. And I was there for 21 days and transferred to a rehabilitation center. And they, you know, we uh, studied alcoholism again, and I was a star pupil because I'd known every cliche in AA that there ever was. So they would always uh, call on me to, to talk about it. And um, I had a change of heart. Instead of wanting to die, instead of being mad, I got thrown into a nut house. Um, I said, you know what? I'm going to give this thing another chance. And so I got out and I had 30 days sober and I went home and I was hoping I could just do it like uh, Zoom meetings, you know? And uh, I, I didn't really feel that happy about it. I was kind of, you know, in a, in a mushy state of what I was gonna do with myself and sobriety. I was hoping to stay that way. So a friend of mine that I'd known for 30 years, you know, at one time, you know, he was like a kid and I sort of thought I was superior. You know, I was a year ahead of him in sobriety and stuff like that. And they say, don't treat the people that have less time you bad because you might meet them again on the way down. And sure enough, um, <laughs> this guy saw me on Zoom and he called me. I was going, oh, geez, you know, I got to tell him I'm loaded. And that, oh, it was, you know, it was so embarrassing after all that time, so embarrassing. But we got together and he became my sponsor. And uh, his name is David Cunningham. That's a dollar, David. <laughs> and um, I just, we decided we were gonna do things different. I was gonna do it David's way instead of my way. And so we started working the steps. You know, instead of an eight hour uh, thing at the Canyon Club, this was like every week we were studying. And uh, I was learning a lot more about the big book and I was getting a lot more out of it. And David said, you know, um, get some commitments. You know, I want you to have some commitments. And I started getting commitments. It was like I was late on getting one. I was, oh, was going to see him. So I go, oh, I'm picking up the parking lot over here at the Saddleback Friendship Center. You know, that was my first one. Then I got a commitment as a secretary. And then... Uh, he goes, do you go into a lot of meetings? And I go, well, some, you know, I mean, you know, like three or four times a week, but, you know, I'm catching some on Zoom. And he goes, if you're not at a meeting, how, who's going to help the newcomer? You know, and I took that to heart. And I started doing it a different way than I had before. Before in that long length of sobriety, I was still always feeling anxious. Um, I never felt satisfied. Um, I didn't have any feeling of well-being, and I never had a feeling of accomplishment, although I was doing lots of, of lots of things. And this time, I'll tell you, I've had a change of heart in that again. One minute. No, I'm out. Okay. Uh, hey, I feel better now. You know, I, I'm doing it different. I'm glad I'm here. And uh, thank you to all you guys. All right. Yeah.